Welcome. Welcome to Fire in a Hole. Today's episode includes back pain, <laughs> leg pain, yeah. uh, eye pain, just a lot of pain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we took this on the road today, Richard. Yeah, we took the show on the road to go and visit uh, Mark DeLille, who recently broke his ankle, as you may have heard several times on our podcast. <laughs> yes, we were very concerned about him. <laughs> yeah. Valued member of our team. That's right. Yeah. Fire in the hole. Yeah, so uh, uh, using his impressive packing skills, and uh, Richard uh, managed to uh, fold up our entire um, sort of studio and bring it with us. It was pretty pretty easy. Plug, um, plug and play for the most part. Let's hear it for technology. Yeah. So what did we talk about? We talked about uh, beautiful people. The effects of beauty on uh, modern society, uh, politics. Obviously, uh, we talked about the, the details of uh, Mark's broken ankle and his recovery over the last eight weeks. Yep. So for anybody who's ever had one or uh, <laughs> wondered what it was like to go through that. A lot of politics and Trump made his way in there again, just like Kanye always seems to make it in there somehow. <laughs> yes, but we were <laughs> we were mercifully brief, I think. Yeah, I don't think we, we didn't spend a lot of we time We didn't linger it. too long. But, you know. And then we talked about movie adaptations, right? And uh, old TV shows, science fiction. Yeah. Adapti- adapting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, this was primarily to cheer up Mark, but as usual, we ended up having a really good conversation. It, it's always great. So, Never uh, any complaints. Here's to you, Mark. Uh, uh, get well soon. <laughs> Get well soon. <laughs> Environ the home. Describe in single words only the good things that come into your mind about your mother. Your mother? Yeah. Let me tell you about my mother. So, uh, fire in a hole, Richard. Jason. Um, we uh, we did something special today. Yeah, we went on the road. That's correct. We packed everything up. Road portable, trip. Portable podcast. Yes. This is uh, the only podcast that comes to you, <laughs> if you're cool. Yeah. We won't just move the podcast for anyone, but uh, I believe this particular individual is more than deserving. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome back a uh, re- returning guest. Uh, wounded soldier, <laughs> uh, Mark DeLille. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. Thank Welcome you, guys. To the show. Thank you. Thank you for uh, accommodating my gimp foot. Ah, this was just great for us. I mean, uh, we we pretty much pretty much since you got hurt, we've been talking about it on the show. That's true. And That's true. we've been mm-hmm. trying to uh, do it in one way or another. Find a way to uh, get out here. Um, and I thought, I mean, this was like kind of a win-win. We haven't seen you in a while. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I understand you've been going a bit stir crazy with. Uh, oh yeah, big time. Broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. Eight eight wonderful weeks of your leg up in the air, and 
there's only so much TV one can take. <laughs> Seriously. And yeah. uh, talking to the dogs, yeah, great conversationalist. So <laughs> the human interaction is greatly appreciated. I think the problem is when they start talking back. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know about the carpets. What? No. What the hell was that? <laughs> no, that's good meds. Fufu? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, eight weeks uh, chilling sounds like something any of one of my friends would kill for. But I guess for a guy like you, an active guy, uh, a busy guy, a guy likes to be on the move uh, it's torture <laughs> considering i'm a consummate couch potato yeah i think where the problem is is just sitting back and not being able to do nothing ah it's the thought of, of not being able exactly to it's not being capable just sitting there you can't put weight on your foot you can't move around you're hopping to the washroom and that's about it mm-hmm. and you almost have to plan a half an hour before you go for a pit stop maybe it's about time i start getting a move here right mm-hmm. Ugh, what you're saying is it's kind of profound, actually, because it suggests that being lazy and couch potato-y isn't really cool if if you can't get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, if you can, if you're not mobile or you can't do anything, yeah. it's I mean, only really crap. it's only really worth it if you are uh, willfully disregarding uh, disregarding uh, responsibilities and things you have to do. Exactly. That's yeah. that's really what's at the core of being lazy is uh, <laughs> thumbing your nose at life. <laughs> exactly. No, but if you if you take your responsibilities even moderately seriously, oh, that's torture. Mm-hmm. And as I said, there's only so much TV, so much reading, so much internet one can take. Right. And considering what's on TV these days, oi. Jeez, I don't even know. If I hear if I hear Donald Trump one more time, kill me, yeah, please. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, that's a uh, oh my god. Yeah, I can can't imagine having to. Yeah, it's in the news every day. Twenty four hour Trump. It's like oh, give me a break. Yeah, can we just give this guy a channel? I feel like he'll drop out of the race. Exactly. If we just if we just give him his own channel, <laughs> give him something like a CNN thing where he just gets to do whatever the hell he wants. I think he'd definitely he'd step down. As entertaining uh, as I find watching him stir the pot for the Republican Party that let themselves go yep. and decided that the few rich were controlling the party and that he start, he was started stirring it up. Yep. I found that entertaining, but now it's getting a bit long here. You know? yep. it's, uh, I think uh, John Oliver put it best when yeah. he said uh, he's not on like a, like a spot or a mole on your back where it's all... All fun, fun and games and laughter for the first exactly. first couple of days, mm-hmm. but then three weeks later, you start to really be concerned <laughs> that it might be metastasizing <laughs> into something, and that certainly seems to be the case. Uh, so let's get this out of the way right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's got a shot in hell to go to get into the White House? I think so. You think so? There's really? enough. There's enough yahoos that are pissed off at the uh, at at the political machine because mm-hmm. you look at. Even the Democratic Party, it's the machine that controls. It's whoever is pulling the strings. And the people, whatever the people want, no, no, we know best for you. We're the uh, politically savvy, the rich, we control. And he's stirring up the base core of people that said, no, you know, I'm already independently rich. I'm not beholden to anybody. Right. So... There's enough enough ignorant people. I don't want to... Uh, how do you say that? Just lock Maybe him just into not a, a, a fair, group, but n- not yeah, aware or unaware, ignorant. ignorant. It's, it's not. It's not an insult. It's no, just it's, uninformed. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uninformed yeah. individuals who are politically cheesed off that their voice is never heard. Yeah. And he seems to be listening to them. Not that he. If once he gets into power, he's not. But yeah. he's giving them that sense of, I'm fighting for you. Right. And they actually feel it because he's separate from the main machine. 
even though yeah. he's a, like a billionaire, which I don't understand how how does that how does how do guys like that manage to sell that message? But first, they idolize billionaires for sure. Yeah. What, what what do you think, Richard? Uh, do you think he's got a chance? I think he has a chance. I mean, he's sort of tapping into the dissatisfaction of people, like Marcus saying. Uh, they know that something is rotten, and they want some change. So. I mean, I think Trump on one side and Sanders on the other offer offer that op- kind of change. Op- options, exactly. Right? But he's he's tapping into this dissatisfaction with uh, immigration, with corruption in government. Exactly, and, and all this exactly. Stuff. And it's very, I mean, I'm not the o- only one making this parallel, but there's a lot of yeah. pre-World War II Germany, you know, like Hitler kind of. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that tapped oh, into a lot of that too. Oh, right? definitely. When you look at the uh, the scuffles. And that I are breaking w- out at the the rallies, you mean? Uh, break, breaking mm-hmm. out of the rallies, and I was watching the World at War, the BBC series that was produced in the '60s, something like that, and looking at the early Germany and the advent of the Nazi Party, and there are similarities. So it's it, it is scary. It I don't know. Yeah. Well, people are afraid. I am not a Clinton fan. I have never were was a fan of Bill Clinton, and I'm not a fan of Hillary Clinton. But I sure as heck hope she gets in. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's the lesser of all evils, in my personal opinion. I think a vote for Clinton is a vote for the same. Yeah. Con- continuation Continuity of, of the, the of the current of the current. Like keep uh, this, keep the current corruption yeah. and and the corporate banks, interests the, yeah. and all that stuff. Exactly. Going. Alley lobbying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh-huh. uh, it's just. I hate to say it, but it just it brings stability considering how the up the world is so in upheaval right now. Right. So okay, so let's take the focus of Trump for a second here. Um, you're saying it's in your mind, it's kind of like Bernie Sanders is the the antidote on the other side of this, or the anti-Trump in a sense. Well, I, well, I think they're 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 kind of yeah. I mean, they're, there's there's a similar message on both sides they obviously come with the issues in a very different way right but the but both are like enough is enough yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. at least that's the message is that you know let's let it change you and change is hard and change is scary uh and there would be if if sanders for instance were to be put in place you know some some of his policies may make sense but it would be uh drastic, a difficult uh, drastic transition. change for the uh, for the current way of living in the u.s for sure right but Sanders is more, I view him more as a socialist than anything else. Yeah, I know. And, he's extreme, extreme And, and, and we're talking uh, protectionist, uh, protectionist socialist yeah. besides that. Like close the borders, or not close the borders, but like kind of turn U.S. Yeah. back inwards Inwards, again. exactly. And deal with their own, like d- clean up their own house. Clean up their own house with social programs and everything else and foreign intervention and uh, even open borders with like the the, uh, the Free Trade Act and all that stuff he's talking about. I'm not sure if it's repealing it or NAFTA, sca- yeah. NAFTA and scaling mm. it back mm. to be more protectionist, so... That's more jobs back to the states. Well, I'm not even sure he'd be able to bring yeah, back that's more the thing. jobs hey, to the states. Yeah, that's the thing. It may be states. too late for that. Yeah, you can't. I mean, even Trump's th- uh, thing of "oh, we'll make America great and bring back jobs," the how? jobs that have migrated. How? How exactly? The the industry Apple's not going to bring back a single fucking no, manufacturing no, job. Absolutely no freaking way. not. And there's no there's no, no. Uh, the manufacturing base has gone away. Yeah, the infrastructure is not there. The infrastructure is the not there. The skills are not there. 
I and mean, then does it make a punchy like headline? Absolutely, soundbite, though. You know? Oh, for sure. It, and then it, the naive people don't realize that that's no, never no, going to happen. No, exactly. Yeah, but that doesn't matter after. It like, sounds no. Just need to get into office. Exactly. Right? So it's just where uh, apart from like the auto industry that the U.S. still has some manufacturing capabilities, and that a lot of the even the Asian uh, manufacturers manufacture in the U.S. Where is the manufacturing yeah. power there? The AFL CIO, the strength of uh, the, the American of the unions Americans is gone. It's gone. Yeah. What about steel? American steel is that still strong? Do you know? It's strong, but there's no the the market. It's dying. Okay. Because who buys the steel? Right. China. Of course. And who's in a well? I once who's in a slowdown from. GDP, what twelve percent, uh, mm-hmm. and now they're uh, they're looking at maybe seven. They're hoping to stave it off at seven, and China's in its own transition from a, a, a policy of uh, construction to a, a consumption. Yeah, right. they've got a huge housing bubble that's about to pop too. Right? <laughs> Big time. Have you seen the ghost cities? Yeah, and it's unregulated. Has that shit started uh, already? Well, they've just they've built all these cities, but there's nobody in For them. No one. So it, it's just what did they expect? Town. What did they expect? It's well, insane. Like it's it's so surreal to see the the images and the video, like yeah. the walkthrough of these abandoned cities. Not not abandoned; they were just never inhabited. Right. And ever. Ever. And we've got mi- we've got migrants that have nowhere to go. Yeah. Or exactly. refugees that have nowhere to go, and there's empty house in a uh, cheese yeah. craziness. It is. It is. So it's just. But again, the 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 U.S. potential is based on Chinese consumption, because nobody else in the world is who's consuming, who's building something. Mm-hmm. Everyone is producing for somebody else. Right. So, I mean, even look at Japan has been in uh, in almost stagflation for 15, 20 years. Yeah, the, the uh, Japan's uh, deficit is like... It's obscene. It's uh, it's un, untenable. Like, it's it's about to pop too. Exactly. And they're, It they're can never repay <laughs> its debts. Hmm. So, I, all I can see this building towards is a mass debt forgiveness... Um, round of debt free. I feel like that's where it's all going to go at some point. Yeah, at some point it w- you're going to wind up with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what is it write offs, country write offs. They're going to have to. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to declare to. bankruptcy. And this will, of course, give the the not the Illuminati, but like the like uh, Richard likes to say, the ten people that have all the money. Yes, yes. That's going to probably allow them to make some some shadow moves to further fuck the rest of the world exactly. over and get even more money and even more influence and power in the deal. Because sure. the message of a uh, clean slate will be so soothing and amazing for everyone yeah, that I they'll agree. be like, "Oh yeah, everyone's going to welcome it with open arms, uh, like Star, uh, you know, Emperor Palpatine style." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, here. They're like, "We, everyone, debt free, 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 free," <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't know that twelve levels behind, mm-hmm. they've just seized, you know, federal property mm-hmm. and <laughs> privatized it." Which they and could they have never you. done under the old system. Exactly. They own your soul. Exactly. They own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have. Yeah. They've they've patented the human soul or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. It is. So firstborn uh, child or something. Yeah. Yeah. Merlin style. <laughs> I was reading about this this week. Um, in a, I don't know. You guys ever read McLean's, McLean's magazine? Once a year. Or is it McLean's? If I, if I come across McLean. McLean's. McLean's. So you know this magazine is basically like owned by Rogers Telecommunications. Um, it's okay, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's basically a rag, but it looks really professional, and it it uh, has it's the got right font. Paper. 
it's on glossy paper it looks like it's got you know credibility and stuff like that and i love reading mclean's because it's uh the it's got an agenda and it's really clever the way that it's uh sort of subtle it's hidden in the text okay and it suddenly pops out you're like oh, okay what just happened there right so one article i was reading this week was on beauty and the uh, what the influence and the power of beauty is all right uh and historically what it's done uh, now today what what it has in terms of power socially and what dangers it may represent for instance if we uh if uh, if that becomes the way for us to to essentially uh, if 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 political parties just like start putting really good looking people in the front whatever and as I'm reading this I'm like this is a this is about Trudeau isn't it <laughs> <laughs> this is getting and sure enough on like page ten out of nowhere is this whole like uh, 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 indictment of how the Canadian Prime Minister. Ha, in the four months that has been there has nothing to show for and I'm like really four months like you desperately want something to talk about here exactly yeah and they're trying to tie that into his good looks or whatever but all that aside um, what I thought was interesting is it talks specifically about the power of looks and not just good looks but when you have the the kind of looks that arrest you know stop people and what social powers that gives certain people you know there's yeah. studies no, stop stop please, please. You're embarrassing <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you know well th- this is why i brought this question up i, I knew that richard could address th- both of you in fact could oh address god this. no i'm the one that makes them run away in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that's i think it's really uh, interesting that that we don't talk about too often we talk about it in terms of how do we define beauty we talk about it how beauty uh the ideals of beauty have changed over the ages specifically toward w- with women and what masculinity and femininity but this is more about like what power does it actually give you when you are quote unquote good looking right mm. um everything from being able to bypass certain laws right mm-hmm. right you literally at some places they you know like if you get pulled over for a ticket it's been shown yeah. mm-hmm. that you will you are going to even if you get pulled over you're going to draw on average a lower ticket than an average looking person quote yeah, unquote I agree. Right? Yeah. Uh, the uh, sentencing for crimes uh, good looking people tend to do on average something like 1.2 years less than okay. for the mm-hmm. same crimes yeah uh, and so it's somehow more forgivable like we allow them we allow good looking people to exhibit behaviors that we wouldn't allow an uglier person to do because if you're an yeah. uglier person or a more rugged lo- looking person you look like a crook right you fit she's the, a witch burner you fit you, you you fit the you fit the bill right exactly yeah. you look like the hollywood you, you fit the role exactly or like you have two two guys uh approaching the same girl like in a bar and one is creepy and one is perfectly acceptable based on how attractive they are even though they display the exact same behavior. Same behavior, exactly. You know, right? yeah. And, it, and it's not just beauty as well. Like, it, we are animals, right? Like, we 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 respond a lot to physical characteristics. So, I, I think, and I'm not I'm not sure if it still holds true, but I I believe it does. Uh, every presidential candidate uh, that was always the taller one that that won. The tallest of the candidates. The tallest of the, tallest candidates. Of the candidates. Okay. Always won. Yeah, that makes sense. In yeah, every in does. every case, it does. Because yeah. we associate physical characteristics with traits. So, like the taller one is, 
Well, it's also you, how you yeah, how you dominant. present how you present yourself, because uh, one way to get out of jury duty is to appear in a shirt and tie, dressed up like you're you're a banker or someone of of power, and project that power. Well, the defense is not going to want you because he, they automatically figure, oh, you're going to vote against our guy. No way. Because so inf- you might be too informed. You might know that you might be too informed, or you may be too prejudiced against someone or some uh, some skinhead looking individual yeah, that yeah. may or may not have robbed a candy store well you're going to think he's guilty before proven innocent sort of thing My, so like you're, you're odds, prejudiced you're prejudiced so because you're you're you look like you're from the establishment your odds of being bounced by the defense uh, attorney hmm. are really high are high so okay. you can dodge know. you can dodge jury duty and i guess pro tip people if, if you get jury duty yeah. <laughs> pardon if pro you get tip pro tip <laughs> like, <laughs> i guess if you go in the other direction it works too right if you show up with a 13 inch mohawk and r- chains in your face then they're going to uh, not necessarily you'd be surprised you know. there they think oh well there's a chance that yeah because now you might you, identify you'll identify with oh, the uh, with the, uh, the the supposed uh, guilty person right. and so they may want you right so yeah well it's supposed to be a jury of your peers so i guess that's where that comes into play possibly right? well when uh, having been sucked having suit. been called into a jury cattle call uh, you have people from all walks of life they are really honestly unprejudicial they just they have a list they pull out your name you get a you get a letter and say show up between this date and this date and but how can you really pool. be yeah i have a friend who uh who was always going on sorry uh, no that's okay i have a friend who was always going on about how he he uh, alex what's up alex um that he'd never been called for jury, jury duty and never even known anybody who'd been called for jury duty and uh he, he just got recently the call. got the called. call. Yeah, <laughs> sure enough, he got the call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, 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 I've had it twice. I've been the, oh, in, twice, in a five. Yeah, because yeah, it's you're you're called. You're you do your you're in your two week pool. After the two week pool or three week pool, if there, there's no cases, then you're five years before. Uh. Then you can get recalled again. And I got recalled second time. Uh, did you did you serve? Nope, I did no. not. I got out of it because it was you a. You wore the suit and tie. I, well, I, no, that was the first time. The second time, the uh, the attorney for the defense was a Hell's Angels case. Yep. And the uh, attorney for the defense, my father, during his time with the RCMP, had tried to have him put away f- uh, for drug trafficking. And so when I went to the judge and said, I've heard of this guy. I'm prejudiced. Uh, I think he's a scumbag. And my father tried to have him put away a few times. Oh, and this yeah. guy's standing there and he remembered my dad and he's killing himself laughing. And the judge just said, you're excused. See you in five years. Goodbye. Yeah, that doesn't work. So I'm there. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. Hi, my mom got uh, called for jury too mm-hmm. for uh, the leader of the Hells Angels. Oh, for Mom Boucher? Yeah, cool. for, for that, for that uh, trial. And I'm not sure how she got out of it. But she I never it. good. She dodged it, yeah. But I just ne- I never understood how, when it's such a big profile case, how can you pretend that you have a jury of of non biased people? Like that's just how is that even? How do we entertain that as a good as question? A reality? I think they go for the lesser. They look at the individuals and look for the lesser of two evils or, or the lesser evil of the individual as far as like knowledge the least goes. judgy people the least judgy people or there's a lot of people that aren't informed 
They don't. But those people judge like 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 crazy. Yes, but they're not informed. If they ask him, do you know about the Hell's Angels? Yeah, it's a motorcycle gang. Have you heard about this case? No. Okay. Aha, there we go. So you. you're clear on that bias, but then they'll be like, I don't like his nose. Right? <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah. that, that's, <laughs> a, that, that's always something that uh So that, I happen. find that whole system really problematic. I'm not yeah. sure what the alternative to it is, but... That goes back to the beauty thing. Well, exactly. that, that's, well that's just it, coming back to it. So the, the things that I read about the beauty thing is like they're essentially... Uh, the following ideologies behind it. The biologists, the, the ev evolutionary people, are a lot like what you're saying, Richard. They they chalk it up to really simple things like, okay, uh, sp domination the species, uh, competition, preservation of the species. Um, uh, they confirm a lot of those re that research about like uh, how women subconsciously choose men a lot of times you know i mean we make jokes that women want to see when they see us pick up stuff they're like oh he'll be able to carry all my my crap or whatever yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh, but then there's a little yeah. bit of truth to that sure. in the sense yeah, that yeah. women is are, are looking for genetic markers mm -hmm. that they would want to pass on to their children mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and there are other signs that either communicate uh, safety and protection versus uh questionable you know things like that yeah. there's mm -hmm. these things going on in the background but there's that that scientific stuff has always been around in terms of proof yeah. but there's kind of new information uh about beauty and there seems to be a weird in from what i'm i'm seeing i don't know if this is a theory there seems to be an inverse relationship with the most the more beautiful someone is the less information additional information people seem to need to yeah. make up their mm -hmm. mind mm -hmm. And that's kind of a dangerous yes, it is uh, relationship, right? Because if you just if that face is pretty enough, if that you know if that whole scene is pretty is it enough, enough, it'll sell. It'll sell, and you have you'll be you'll accept not really getting any questions no, answered. Exactly. People you just want to be around beautiful people too, right? Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Built in. Because I think it it reinforces their se sense of self worth. Look, I'm around a beautiful person, ergo. I'm a beautiful person. Like you're getting some, some you're getting of that some. Juice. It's kind of reflecting back onto them, sort of thing. When the actual opposite is is true, <laughs> it's most, right? Like yeah, yeah. You're, If you're not so beautiful and you have beautiful people all around you, you you've never looked uglier, <laughs> like in relation to them. That right? is problematic. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have the. But you are part of the club. But exactly. Yeah. So, but then being part of the club is being beautiful. Right. So if you're deemed ugly, but you're surrounded by beautiful people and you're part of the club, mm -hmm. ergo. You're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So quite, it, quite possibly. It, it's just, it's all perception. Yeah. A large part of beauty is also um, symmetry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yes. The, the biology guys talk about that. Yeah. So, um, and uh, apparently there's a, a way for, there's, there's a function to that, that symmetry. So when, um, particularly when, when choosing a mate, so. Women are apparently able to detect genetic health within males. Well, that's right. Disease and longevity and that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but they're, what they're, at the end of the day, what they're looking for uh, from a biological uh, aspect is is genetic health, like healthy genes, right? So, uh, they, so they did all these tests, and it, apparently women are able to detect micro differences in, in your bilateral symmetry in order to detect... Uh, potential genetic health so like wow did your left ear develop the same way as your right ear right is your so they kind of they're able to kind of detect these micro differences by like the left and right side of your 
of your face in particular to see if everything kind of matches up, which means that that's that's an indicator of genetic genetic health. Huh. They've even done okay, done tests to say that um, in terms of the female orgasm, which is a mechanism that in, increases the chances of being uh, impregnated, um, is much much higher with people with uh, a a good bilateral symmetry indicating so. That she will orgasm. You're more likely to climax if the person is fits your demands in terms from, from, of from symmetry. a genetic health standpoint. So, in a situation with with a female that has, let's say, multiple male suitors, she has uh, the ability to uh, influence the chances of who will, in fact, uh, be the father. Be the father. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No kidding. Wow. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know about wanting to be in clubs with them. Um, but we certainly like them to be leaders, don't we? We like them to be our representatives, right? Like uh, if you look at Trudeau mania, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, because he, rep- he represents us. We'd we'd like yeah. that. Yeah, and after the the previous prime minister, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, right, exactly. Playmobil, he got <laughs> hit hit by the hit in the head by a shovel <laughs> repeatedly. He it's was like he was particularly <laughs> he was. The thing is, u- quite the opposite, ugly right? politicians uh, reassure me. When they're ugly yeah. and they're boring, I kind of like that. People like, you, like they got there on their merit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they have yeah. no charm. There is that aspect. But that's uh, because you, yeah. you, you look also to, as a, as a little curveball to that theory is, you look at Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who had polio, walked with sticks, and was not exactly the most handsome individual, but he had charisma. So I think the charisma is yeah, also right. a factor that oh, will overcome your looks. If you're a charismatic person, you you take Adolf Hitler. I mean, you can't get any more charismatic than that. Hmm. Yet, wasn't much wasn't, of a looker. He wasn't exactly. Yeah, he, he certainly didn't look like his version of the perfect man. No, exactly. <laughs> if you look at all his yeah. his his view, all the the sculptures from the uh, from the Nazi era. Yeah. He was not the perfect Aryan. He's the uh, opposite. He would he would have sent himself to a concentration camp. Right, that's yeah, always very interesting. Like, so even like he was compensating for. There you go. Exactly. Even he even he wanted uh, to aspire to the Ubermensch and the and exactly the, uh, uh, blonde, beautiful, this and that, whatever his ideal of beauty was. But again, in his case, he compensated with charisma, because when you listen to his speeches and his intonation, his voice and his inflection. You can't help but get drawn into of course. the conversation, what, what he's saying. Even if you don't understand the you, language. Even if, even like if you don't understand, like, you wow. can feel the power behind it. And there's a lot of people that you get that, the politicians that have done their homework. They emulate, yeah, yeah, of course. They will, they will emulate that. Well, American presidents, uh, politicians, period, mm-hmm. they're, they're all, all aping like uh, Pericles, mm-hmm. uh, Grecian... Like they, there's a reason there there are white alabaster columns in the White House. You know, they 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 have a fetish. They have a Greek Roman fetish. Fetish, yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the presidents try to sound like uh, like the the, the great Roman god, the Greek god, or the great Greek statesman. You know, because that's all the the yeah, the, okay. the mm-hmm. oration style, mm-hmm. the mannerisms. You True. know, true. Um, no, it's, yeah, you raise a good point. Yeah, th- that's it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, because all of the early colonial literature from the United States, when they were forging their their ideology and their way of life, yeah. and differentiating themselves from the old world, uh, it they went back to like the they idealized, of course, or and idolized 
romanticized the the Greeks and the Romans and were like we're going to bring it back to a empire of knowledge and learning and you know yeah. institutions mm-hmm. and we're going to keep the money lenders away from the state and true democracy and yeah there's this false kind of cadence that they kind of almost have to take on sounds yeah. almost like yeah. a preacher or like a but that all that thing, stuff right? comes from Romans and Greeks all yeah. of that uh, yeah. the Roman senators even had that like the hand right. gestures that when you they were literally hand gestures where you held up your hands sort of to the side when you were bringing a subject, like a new proposing a new right. motion, <laughs> and then you had to like put your arms out in front as you were presenting the motion. Yeah, and there was all this body language, and it's all there. It's this kabuki theater where they all have to talk like this, and <laughs> we're going to do <laughs> that this now, yeah. and we are free and strong. And yeah, that 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 cadence exactly. Yeah, there's uh, an interesting. Um, analysis that they did uh, of of people's uh, vocal patterns before getting power and after getting power. Oh, interesting. Um, they did Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. Is there, is there a particular. YouTube thing? For yeah, this? yeah. Let's is. put the link up. Okay. Yeah, I can find it. So Margaret Thatcher pre... Margaret Tha- pre and then and then post. And they could you could tell a completely different inflection in course. the voice. And, and whether that's because they now have... I now have authority, and I must talk in such a way that you understand that I have authority. Mm-hmm. Well, they get trained, right? They have or specialists. They yeah, yeah, there's a whole team waiting there to oh, yeah. put them through the through the training. Uh, I don't know if I noticed. I'd like to believe that I'm the one who noticed this, but I, the reality is probably that some more smarter person than I made me realize this uh, was Bill Clinton's uh, uh, hand gestures, and specifically his. Uh, I mean, obviously, we have no video here, so I'd have to describe it. It's, he does this kind of like closed hand mm-hmm. with his thumb on the top of his fingers, right. oh, yeah. and he would he would always do this. Like he, it looked like he was giving you money, okay. right? Okay. Yeah, and he right. would allow him to point at people. You're kind of pointing at people with your thumb. Yeah, with a closed right. fist, an, and indir- an indirect point. It's brilliant because okay. if you point, that's no, that's yeah, a big that's no, a no, big no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. A, no one that you like. That's a like no. You cannot yeah. do that mm-hmm. in politics. So he would manage to point at people and point at things, but it looked like he was giving you specifically the gesture that you do for like here's twenty for you, here's a twenty for you, mm-hmm. and that's to me that's genius, but also underlies sort of a a deep studied art form of manipulation right it's almost sure. a whipping motion <laughs> <laughs> but he also had that like uh shucks golly gee yeah. back of the throat kind of arkansas like my fellow americans yeah. i know that when i look at america like he was always like he sounded like he was going to break yeah. into tears any moment True. people attribute True. a lot of his success to the fact that when you sp- were speaking to him you felt like the only person in the room. And yeah, he, and he had master that about, of that. Even if it was, he was doing that in, in sequence and talking to each person for five seconds, he was able to make people feel special in mm-hmm. that in that moment. And there's yeah. uh, some analysis that go, that go on between looking at like uh, Bush and and him and like the, the different ways that they would answer questions and make people feel like he's like with them yeah. right, as opposed to... The other ones who are like, I'm here, here, listen to what I have to say. I know what's best for you. It's just engaging the person. Or, but he was more like, you know, we are going to do this, this, and you know, it's Mm -hmm. all that stuff with like leaders versus bosses, kind of like, you know, what a leader does. Like, we are going to do, yeah, exactly. 
Whereas Bush, then, like Junior, what's this wee shit? <laughs> Bush always looked like he was waiting to. There was like a delay, like he was listening to his uh, earbud for the res- proper response. <laughs> I, I think that's what was responsible for that weird look he gave always the time when people thought he was just being an idiot. I think he was just waiting to hear what... He was concentrating on and trying to figure out in his own words what his response was going to be? No, I think someone was feeding him lines. Oh, like okay. literally Dick Cheney was on the other end. Or, <laughs> or Rumsfeld, like, well, tell him tell him there's weapons of my destruction. Uh, or I'm going to shoot you next hunting trip. <laughs> exactly. There might be a little accident <laughs> next time we go out for... Uh, and then Bush would, like screw it up and then whoever's on the other side just like god damn it, god damn it. <laughs> that's not a word yeah there's like a litany of his screw ups they actually I remember during the Bush era they actually used to sell this poster with that was just littered in his uh, blunders his goops. His goops, yeah, yeah. Now, do not misunderestimate us uh, uh, fool me once and then he forgets it halfway he's like uh, never fool me again and twice and Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. (laughs) Like he just, he would dig himself in. But in that charming Southern Texan way, you know. They they just came out and said that Trump has uh, the grammar of a sixth grader. Okay. I know words. I have the best words. I have the best words. (laughs) Exactly. You got it. Oh, yeah. He has the best words. You got the best words, all right. That money can buy. Yep. You have to, you you have, he's like the (laughs) ultimate Dragon's Den contestant, the ultimate Shark Tank contestant. Right, the guy is like it doesn't matter what he's peddling. He's just, he's he really is the art of the deal. Like he's he's uh, mastered this art form of just unabashed, shameless self promotion without any end. Just looking somehow like matter of fact. Gosh, she whiz. Who me? Yeah, because he's not punk. When if you if you had more like of a pontificating style. You know, it was like, I am the best. I am this. People would be like, okay, dude, shut the hell up. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're a jerk. But it we, it seems like his weird clownish appearance kind of helps disarm people. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he really, really looks like a clown. And I, I and I feel like that somehow makes him, I feel like he a, a, bu- a, a bunch of people in America p- look like him and we don't know about it. Like he somehow <laughs> looks familiar. <laughs> All these sunburned pasty old men in florida he looks like with cousin, the toupees he looks like cousin bubba yeah yeah maybe <laughs> he looks people of the people <laughs> of walmart <laughs> you know i was and I, I was in the shower today actually thinking about uh this this whole election situation people of walmart <laughs> yes that's exactly what i was thinking about i think of the people of walmart when i'm in the shower and uh i was thinking how the greatest trick out of this whole thing is not even that he's winning in the polls and he's doing all this other stuff is that he was actually managed to get himself seriously considered as a candidate in the first place. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that he actually managed to convince serious, quote-unquote, political systems and political structures to accept him into the running. That he would be a viable candidate. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I think, is where the true genius and the true, like, um, I think he took advantage of America's patronizing sort of uh, uh, complacence or like, yeah, he's never going to win. Yeah, yeah, he's a clown. Yeah. Yeah, he knows that. Uh, that would never happen. Come on. We're rational people here. And then, what? He fucking won? What? Yeah. What? And now everybody's panicking. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's just it. The, it's, the, really the, it's rather entertaining to watch the uh, the panic on the, on, the, uh, on the machine that's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. And when you consider that his millions are actually 
in his name. There, it's not in. Does he have money? Uh, does he own stuff? Yeah, he has buildings and stuff. Apparently, not that much. Anymore. Not that no, no, yeah. not that much. His millions is based on the value of his name, which he Licensi- determined. Yeah, yeah, he licenses his name. Yeah. Well, it it he licenses his name to other buildings all over the place who pay uh, pay a fee. That's and that's, that's what he's been doing for a while. Does. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't build shit. He hasn't <laughs> built shit for a while. Exactly. <laughs> he said that the the value of his name changes based on his mood. <laughs> Yeah, under Pretty oath much. or something. Under oath, he yeah, said that. exactly. It's like, what world do you live in? But, but he's not, he's not lying. And it, 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 he's technically not lying. Even under oath, he's not lying because it depends on who's willing to pay for his name, to put his name on a building. Right. He's so. kind of an experiment, an ultimate experiment in, in just positive thinking and gusto and and representing whether you have anything or not in the back there, you know? Yeah, but, he, pu- he publicizes himself as this... And people, you know, talk talk about him as being a successful businessman and stuff, right. but apparently that's not the case. No, no, he's, like he's he, got a he, lot of failed businesses. He inherited a lot, a lot of, of money. money. Yeah. And, I and think he pissed it away a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a bunch <laughs> of Saudis b- b- bailed him out at one point, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. Saudis <laughs> have bailed him out. He's done business with everybody. He's contributed to Democrats. He's contributed to Republicans. Yeah. He's, he's mentally just, He's disabled. probably c- uh, contributed to Ross Perot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, to Ross. Remember uh, Ross? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. See, Ross Perot was the last time we got... Uh, Ross Perot was, is, uh, it was um, uh, Trump without the charisma. Exactly. exactly. Because he was exactly the same thing. He was a crazy billionaire. It's just that he had that whole, like, uh, uh, Yosemite Sam kind of... <laughs> Yosemite like, Sam. Like, like, people are like, the fuck? we're not letting that guy... <laughs> no, no. Anywhere we cannot have Yosemite Sam in the White House. No, Sorry. <laughs> we can't let that guy near the, the button. can't talk like that. <laughs> yeah, he literally sounded like that. He he, exactly. he was like a cross between Yosemite Sam and the, that cackling little alien next to Jabba, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that thing. It was basically a cross between those. So he was like dead on arrival. But anyway, so... Okay, well, I mean, whatever happens down there, I know that we're probably going to, there's going to be some uh, expats, yeah. some American <laughs> expats coming up here, uh, apparently. Yeah. Seems like uh, that's that's a movement now. Yeah, I think I sent you, did I, I send you the, the screen grab from, like, the Google searches? Yeah. Uh, it's, like, the history of, oh. like, uh, in the States of people putting into Google, like, move to Canada. Canada, yeah, yeah. And it goes, it's, like, a flat line. It's really low, and then it goes, like, straight <laughs> upwards in 2016. <laughs> so, apparently, like, it's increased by, like, 400, 700%. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know exactly what the numbers are. It's So, it's there, go, there go the house prices in Toronto and Vancouver. It's not only going to be Asia. It's well, going to be Americans. Know, they don't even know that they, apparently, the perception is... That they can just move here when they want, like that it's not immigration, that they don't right. need to do any paperwork. Or We're just like a satellite. We're just like open, like yeah, come on in, sure. Yeah, yeah right. You want a house? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to make one out of ice. Like no and maple that, that. syrup. <laughs> maple syrup. <laughs> you got to pour it just right. We're gonna, you got to bring your own it. chainsaw. Axe. <laughs> That's it. No, we'll just pro- we're just gonna welcome you in and provide you a house and protect you from the bears. And well, the worst <laughs> part is that uh, Canada stands to gain from that kind of uh, upward movement because very rarely do do people uh, migrate uh, north uh, of uh, you know up here. Generally, we're constantly losing people to the, to the south, to the United yeah. States, right? Uh, especially uh, the brain trust, right? Especially the skilled yeah, the, workers. What is it? The uh, the bunch from uh, Waterloo. Yep. That uh, drain the brain drain to uh, Silicon Valley in California. So 
Yeah, half the guys in Silicon Valley uh, are like French Canadians, are are uh, can, uh, you know Canadians. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. banging out microchips and shit like that, and startup companies over there. Uh, some of the video game uh, studios that are here, yeah. like Warner Brother Games, um, EA, all of these guys, uh, all of their like VPs and stuff in uh, in Burbank, California, and they're all French Canadian guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're just they're, they're working. Yeah, well, so that's how, that's how the, the Los Angeles Kings have such great attendance. It's mostly expatriates <laughs> mostly Canadians expats. going for a hockey fix. Yes, yeah, the Florida <laughs> Panthers too are probably <laughs> exactly. mostly patronized by. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I honestly, I still, some part of me doesn't want to believe that that can happen, but it'll d- definitely be an interesting day. It seems very like, surreal, dystopian future. Right. Plus, they do have they they still have impeachment mechanisms, right? Not for well until uh, once he's selected as the candidate yeah they, it's i don't no, i'm know saying if, if he gets into the white house oh if he screws up if he screws up there like they did with richard nixon with his uh, tapes and yeah. stuff like that yeah they can they pull can get, they can they can impeach him yeah right sure mm. but he can do a lot of damage between now and then yes he could what was it uh, bnn was saying that uh, they expect the markets could take a hit up to 40 percent if, the markets, he, if yeah. he gets uh voted in and this is markets worldwide here yeah. not just canada or the u.s it's worldwide Eh, I don't know. I don't want to see that happen That's to the my real RSP. Thank you very much. No, nope. yeah. seriously. Yeah. yeah, and if they suffer, we suffer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world suffers. Absolutely, because they're one of the 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 powerhouses that buy stuff. Yeah, who buys the cheap shit from uh, produced in China? Mm-hmm. It's the U.S. of A. Right. So, and their economy is rolling relatively well right now. So, that kind of uh, kick, ooh, I don't want to see that. I'm so. So lonely, so lonely, so and sad, real alone. Get no one, just me only, sitting on my rental throne. I work weary hard and make up great plans, but nobody listens, no one understands. Seems like no one takes me You know, it would be somewhat of an oversight, I think, to uh, not address how you broke your leg, or rather what you went through as a result of the leg break, because I I think it was a bit anticlimactic from what I remember, right? Oh, yes, very much. How did I break my leg? Was it skiing? No. A, B. Was it trying to rescue someone from a burning building? No. I broke it taking out the trash. Right. <laughs> Very anticlimactic. So you took in yourself Canada, out. Where in Canada, where there's a lot of ice, ice. and snow. No. Right. I, slipped on, uh, I slipped on a patch of ice and uh, was covered in garbage. Oh, not, uh, to boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the oh. garbage bin fell on top of me and everything, and I wound up fracturing my ankle in Jeez. two places. Shredding the ligaments and a whole bunch of other nastiness. So you literally, you took yourself out with the trash. And <laughs> <laughs> never made it to the curb. <laughs> I could just see the, tr- the trash man standing over like, what do you say? We load him up. <laughs> I'm not, another one. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I still function. Okay. So uh, all laughs aside, this sounds uh, incredibly painful. It was. Was it? it was is. it? Did it, it like... Uh, was it painful right away? Did the adrenaline kick in? 
the adrenaline kicked in and I thought I actually thought it was sprained yeah. because it's just swelled up right away and I actually walked on it for the uh, for that evening I made it well kind of hopped I should say more than walked on it but yeah I took a shower and everything else and You're like I'm gonna walk this off I'll yeah yeah no, it's just a bad sprain and uh, any all that and I said what the heck however what was the on, first clue on the first clue it hurt like hell but the next i had no clue to be honest it was uh the next day i had a i had to go to the uh, hotel dieu for uh, for a ct scan okay a specialized ct scan so and i'd been waiting so freaking long like three four months for it so i'm not gonna miss this bad foot or not so hobble along I, from the parking lot to the entrance walked on the foot and uh we went and did the ct and everything was fine and uh, so then uh, Kay says, uh, let's go down to emergency. Just for the heck of it. Let's Just see. I, it. By this time, I want to go home there. I was in total pain. And so we went to emergency, and we finally went through the system, and we were lucky. Uh, within 45 minutes, we had seen the triage nurse. We were registered, and we had already seen the doctor, and I was being wheeled to x-ray. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. It's like unheard of. Unheard of. And they looked at it, and the doctor comes back and says, it's fractured and the bone is bent so oh. he says i'm not sure he says i've got an orthopedic consult so i'm there oh groan uh -uh. I, we're going to be waiting for a long time half an hour later the orthopedic surgeon shows up he says yep it's broken in two places yeah you're uh we'll see you for surgery tomorrow morning boy wow and here's your prescription for your crutches you're off work for uh, eight weeks and uh Yep, that's it. Wham, See him. Bam, thank you, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like uh, ten minutes with this guy, and off he went. So next day they operated on it, and two plates and six screws later, it. Uh, Were you awake for the uh, the surgery? Uh, no, thank Christ. Okay. But they gave me an epidural. Never take an epidural. Oh my God. Never. They gave those ever. things to men. Yes, because they, they uh, because I have sleep apnea. Okay. The uh, anesthesiologist said, oh, it'd be easier if I just give you an epidural and I just give you a, something to knock you out. You'll come out a lot easier and you won't be too dopey. That's a that's a conversation I'd like to have. So, uh, so the doc... An anesthesiologist. Yeah. That's an unknown world. Yeah, no kidding. So she, uh, she said that and I was not a big fan of it. But then she says, you'll come out of it. Trust me. It's like, so I'm there. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll try it. So they gave me the epidural and they gave me something to start numbing me up and then they harpooned me and uh, I passed out. Next thing <laughs> next thing I know, I, I wake up in uh, recovery and... Uh, You're a woman. I <laughs> pretty much. It, I'll be yeah, honest you with a you. a new baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty much you can't feel anything. Right. Nothing but from in the, the waist down. It's a disconcerting... You're touching every... Yeah body part imaginable from the waist <laughs> down and it ain't there if you're a real man you check your vitals first <laughs> exactly <laughs> and we're checking the package and it's like no response it's the lights on and nobody's home right that's you're temporarily a paraplegic exactly yeah. it, it gives you that it's, it's the closest understanding to what a paraplegic must feel like uh, is is that moment it's you like don't? Just, it's just not there. No, it's you, you're touching, and it's like it's totally disconcerting. It's so fucked up, and you oh, can't yeah. move it either. You can't. You can't I mean, move anything. You've you all had. Uh, you have no 
I'm I'm telling my feet wiggle, toes wiggle. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. We've we've all you know no. we've all all of us at some point gotten off the can <laughs> with a numb leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Had to wiggle the toes around, mm. B- but to have that entire lower half of it just. It, it's just it, it's it's totally uh, out of this world. It it's was bizarre. a feeling. I'll never have that done again. And the thing is to be able to uh, to get out of the hospital because it's day surgery. They're not keeping you. Is you have to walk Yeesh. and you have to go to the washroom. How? <laughs> yeah, you can't feel, and it's like, how can I go? So, but then all of a sudden, oh, got some feeling. Okay. Oh, I can feel toes first. My t- yeah, it starts from the bottom. The extremities first. Right? So it was uh, rather uh, rather entertaining. The the, the, the numbness is oh, going away and all this. Yeah. And the nurse that was there, and I first of all, I want to give a shout out to the folks at the Hotel Dieu Hospital. I had fantastic care. However, the nurse at uh, at recovery. Wanted to go home. She wa- didn't want to stay any later than she had to. Uh-huh. So she was kind of like prodding. Come on, you can pee. Go ahead. I can't feel my wiener. How the fuck do you want me to pee? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, and then she says, well, you must have, uh, you, you, you don't have any liquids in you. You know, you're dehydrated. So, but I had brought a, a seven up with me and I'd been sucking that back and I had a, like a 750 mil of seven up and I'm sucking it back since I, came back from recovery right to, and so oh no lady i'm i'm full so she takes her uh her ultrasound gadget that measures the bladder the how full your bladder uh-huh. is i'm i'm full to bursting here oh, she's wow. freaking out and you had no idea i had no clue it. what i couldn't feel anything That's dangerous so then she's there well i'm gonna have to catheterize you no but, but this isn't bad I don't feel nothing. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so she says, okay, we'll empty you out. That's still, I'm not, oh. that's, that would still freak me out. It, w- it was just a total, complete surreal. Jesus, that's freaky. Surreal I mean, episode. Oh. When you watch kids' movies and the bad guy gets inevitably bitten in the balls by the, yeah. the dog, yeah. you know, at the end. I cringe. I, I cringe. I wince. I, you know, yeah. I, I f- there's like the empathic moment there. So somebody performing something on me that I know is absolutely excruciating mm-hmm. and and uncomfortable, and I can't feel well, it. it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just even worse. It, it is surreal. I mean, it, it was just unreal. And then by that time, okay, now my bladder is empty. So she says, okay, we know your bladder is working. Okay, if you say so, <laughs> I'll take your word. <laughs> I'll for take it. your word for it. She says, now you got to walk. Okay. Uh, well, okay, now I can I can walk, but now again, I've got my foot in the cast. So I can't put any weight on there. So I've got to put weight on one leg. So with my crutches and, and I've never had any crutches in my life. I'm 52 years old and I have never broken a bone in my body until now. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that, huh? So you have no idea I have doing. no feeling in my leg and my left leg, my right leg is my, now my, my supporting leg and it's wobbly as hell. And I'm trying to hold myself up with these things. Oh, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. So finally, I it numbed. The numbness went away enough that I was able to uh, make my way to the car and finally get home. But that was for a long day. And it was has it been eight weeks? Yeah, it was eight weeks ago last Friday, this past Friday. Okay. And you're 
you do, do you st- are you going to stay home for a little bit longer or yes i am on uh work from home for another six weeks okay until i go back and be reevaluated, and then we'll see but at least you're working yes i can work from home okay. so uh yeah i'm entering back into the workforce and, but you're rested would you say you're rested? Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm totally rested. Actually, this was gave me a great taste for retirement. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm a good look, preview. I'm so looking forward to retirement because I'm figuring the days zip by. This is one thing, though. You, you get bored of watching TV or computers or playing games or whatever. It, it just You become overloaded. But the days go by real fast. I was really amazed at that. So I figure... When I'm retired, I have so many hobbies and stuff that I can do and projects and whatever. I mean, oh, I'm going to have a good time here. So hurry retirement. Yeah, except you'll actually be in better shape when you're yes, retired. That's you what I, that, exactly. That's it. Now the, I'll be the armor-plated bear. So there you there, go. Now we're cooking. Okay. Now yeah. Cooking. So speaking of putting pe- people back together. No, actually, I, that was not a real segue. I have, I have nothing. Richard, have you ever broken a bone? Um, one in my hand at one point. Okay, but it wasn't really a big deal. Like a fracture as well. Yeah, just like one of these ones, like leading up to your pinky. Uh, those take those take forever, don't they, to heal? Yeah, it took a while, and it's still kind of weird. Feels yeah. weird. Yeah, when I hold yeah. onto a bar, I'm like holding onto the handle on the on the bus. It's like one finger is just like a little crooked. It's okay, like, they can't really do anything about it. They can't put it no. in the cast. No, exactly. That's kind of wait. Yeah. It's like a little toe. If you break your little toe, yeah, it's uh, there's nothing to do with it. Maybe they'll tape it to the ne- the next toe over. And <laughs> yeah, yeah or the well the uh, That's it. suck it up. This yeah. this bone here, the collarbone. Um, collarbone. Collarbone. Yeah, when you when you fracture that, like they can't put even put a cast on it. They no, just no, have to kind of put your arm in a sling. A bra- yeah, your arm is in a sling or a yeah. brace or something, and that's it. My yeah. cousin happened to my cousin actually uh, oh, yeah. about 15 years ago. I remember he flew into a ditch with a motorcycle. Um, no equipment on nothing. Oh, he, he should have. I'm cringing just thinking about this it. This is also yeah. a small village ditch in Hungary, which those are made of stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should uh, be dead. He should mm. be dead. So um, he's one lucky dude. And I don't mean he should be, but he he could have really, yeah. really, really uh, hurt himself. And uh, I remember it, it was really funny too because it wasn't his motorcycle. <laughs> his his friend came down with his new motorcycle and is like oh cool and my cousin's like oh man come on dude let me let me go let me go for a spin he's like i don't know man i just got like, come on man just one spin he's like, all right all right just once around the block so he disappears down the st- street and we hear him like me so i'm just chatting with the guy i'm like so we're like we're waiting we're waiting sun's, waiting. sun's starting to go down we're like what the fuck's going on is he okay and then this being a village, obviously, there was a lot of traffic. We just hear like, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see somebody pushing the motorcycle, like at the end, and the, the front, like the, the light is just like swinging out of this its socket. And uh, my cousin's just got this look in his face, like he's, he's in pain, you know? And he pushed it into the garage. He took it apart. He fixed the motorcycle, then he then he collapsed. Ow! So he was so angry and afraid that he fucked up his friend's motorcycle. motorcycle. He actually muscled through the broken collarbone well, pain to and fix he, it to fix Ooh. the motorcycle. And then he just like turned around. He went upstairs to, to his house and he just like passed out on the couch, <laughs> like delirious, you know. 
and then for like a few months he was uh yeah that's when i found out you couldn't put a cast on those things yeah Hmm. yeah but otherwise uh no i've i've never broken anything uh, you know knock on wood um but i guess most breaks are fractures right depends some are regular breaks i I have no to be honest i'm not the expert apart from how to not take out the trash uh i have never i don't know just one of those things just one of those things yeah it just snapped i'm definitely not brittle either in terms of bones like mm-hmm. my my th- apparently my bone density is uh, well that's good ridiculous. if you're if it's yeah if you're thick bone then uh at least it helps. armored it helps for sure yeah for sure. but um, it also means i gotta stay in good shape because yeah. uh, i'm carrying around uh you know like uh, adamantium weight yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> adamantium skeleton that's uh, that's all nice and well but if yeah, you don't yeah. work out uh, you, you're uh, your own worst enemy. Oh, okay. maybe in a few years they'll have an exoskeleton to support you. I think they probably already do. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I, I, actually, that's something that I've been looking at too. Uh, uh, the like new wheelchair alternatives are pretty awesome. Yeah, They're, the exoskeletons are on the market. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of time before uh, disabled people will be able to walk around. And it's not—they're not like you know, edge of tomorrow, yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. They're very normal strap. They look like uh, just braces, and yeah. but they're fully mechanized, and they can turn a a paraplegic person into like they're not even they don't even walk funny, they just walk yeah. a bit slow. Yeah, mm. exactly. But they don't have like a weird chamber or anything, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, no Crazy. kidding. Yeah, more good news for your retirement. Yes, more good news <laughs> for my retirement. The future is now. The, yep. the, we have the capability, Houston. <laughs> we have the technology, but we just don't want to spend the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always the problem. So you you before the show you, you said you had a question for me. Yeah, I was uh, knowing that you're a, a cinephile and uh, you you enjoy movies to uh-huh. a certain degree and all that. I think we both do. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, we both do uh, definitely. Uh, and we uh, and I know in some of the podcasts, previous casts, you've uh, discussed the uh, superhero genre and everything else. But I wanted to bring up the uh, the fact that a lot of Jerry Anderson's works in Supermarionation. Mm-hmm. Have never, for whatever reason, never seen the uh, the screen in a in a revamped format adaptation. So just to just for those people who may not know what that is, um, we're talking about like the Thunderbolts. We're talking about all of these like the puppets. Captain Scarlet. Uh huh. Joe Knight. So sci- sci-fi with puppets. With puppets, exactly. Right. Okay. And, and this is stuff you kind of grew up on, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from the '60s and '70s, and some of the stories were were really for science fiction were fresh for that time and, but the, I think the stories still hold up today if you give it a new modern technology twist to it okay how would you do it like how would you want to see it I mean well I, a combination of live actors and CGI I guess something okay. a la Star Wars-esque I guess okay something in that in that genre but utilizing their stories the storylines uh, well they did adapt the Thunderbolts uh, into a movie um but they turned it into kind of a kids' movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, Bill Paxton, if I recall correctly, okay. and it was kind of a dead on arrival. Sure. Sort of limited release. Um, I think it's just been too long. I think the, there was a very specific branding to those things. Right. Right. And if you showed them today, I think they would appear more as a curiosity. The puppet mm-hmm. thing is definitely now more a, a source of uh, parody a than parody anything. than anything else. Yeah, However, when you police, look at uh, uh, take Battlestar Galactica. 
Right. I mean, the original Battlestar Galactica, I mean, we called it Alpo Star Galactica because of Lauren Green and his Alpo commercials. So okay. It was like, Is that right? Yeah. So he's like so, a, the dog food guy? Exactly. He was selling dog food and uh, he's the commander of Galactica, you know? So it's like Alpo Star Galactica. <laughs> commander Alpo. Uh, commander Alpo. We forget the dog food years, eh? In the 80s, yeah. dog food and cat food, there was like a lobby, like uh, yeah. a crazy lobby. We, I remember like uh, a dog food jingles. Like the kibbles and bits and bits and bits. Oh, Remember yeah. that? Yeah. And King Tut and uh, just dogs exactly. and cats had a good time in terms of nutrition. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were a target demographic. Oh, I think it was like the McDonald's of dog food or something like something that. Something like yeah. that. But they were definitely was a sign, I guess, of, of prosperity mm-hmm. that we yeah. could now focus on uh, having fancy feast. Fancy and these, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, all this like uh, wolf tar- cuisine. Wolf cuisine. <laughs> so when you talk about this marination thing, like. When you say that these great stories, like, do you, are you talking about any in particular? Well, I, I, I was a fan of Captain Scarlet okay. and the Mysterious. Can you remind so me? Because I, uh, I, it's I, been a while. I'm, I haven't, I haven't refreshed myself on the story. What was the premise? Again. Well, these, uh, these mysterious people who are invading the earth or attempting to invade the earth in this group that's trying to stop them, you know, save the world sort of thing. It just from that from their 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 equipment standpoint and stuff like that it was just it was fun i remember as a kid watching it and it was like ooh ah uh. and i think that with the the stuff that they're spewing out these days yeah i mean well some of the novelty has been lost unfortunately exactly but i right. think too with a with a decent writer to take the the the, the storylines it could be made into something half decent. So it, it comes around to what we were talking about earlier in reference to a lot of the science fiction and the self-publishing today. A lot of the stuff that you uh, you see can be crap. It's mediocre, yeah. Uh, exactly. And then there's always one or two gems that come out that are like just enough to, to take an old genre and just give you a little curveball to ha- make you come back for more. Yeah. Say, oh, I'll, I'll read his book too. Yeah, Bookbub has given me his his book one for free. Well, I'll pay the five ninety nine, nine ninety nine, or whatever to get book two because I want to see where he's going to take the storyline. Right. There's always that one individual. Well, I'm always hoping that someone would do that with those series and revamp them and give them a a new life. Because look at the remake to Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that how was much? Fantastic. How much of the original right, spirit yeah. do you feel that? I mean, in it in itself, the new Battlestar Galactica was. I know Richard; it was one of your favorite shows of all time, right? Yeah, up until like season four. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, like, if we're talking like the first three seasons, yeah, it was one of the best things you you I know have watched them over and over and over. I've watched over. them several times. Yeah. And you're not even like a huge sci-fi head, right? No, but I like the post-apocalyptic stuff. So. Right, it certainly qualifies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so. You you remember the original series, the yeah. the original mm-hmm. Battlestar. Yeah. How much of it really was carried over to the to the new one? Well, the main the main essence was uh, was ke- kept over that the robots wanted to uh, eliminate uh, mankind. Okay. So and they were chasing them from galaxy. They're galaxy hopping. The only the interesting curveball, and this is what I was talking about from a writer perspective of bringing novelty to the series, was the human looking. Uh, Cylons, Cylons right. and who's a Cylon, who's not, which added a lot of edge to the storyline that you didn't have in the first one, because the first one was just pure chase, and then it was whatever planet they arrived on, and 
how they dealt with whatever situation they 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 were thrown at that lack of water lack of food fuel you name it or just this mining colony and they just meet up with people Mm -hmm. you had the interactions whereas the new one they took the uh they took those storylines and enhanced them and brought in curveballs and stuff to grab you and say yes i'm going to buy this dvd series i'm going to i'm going to follow this a fresh treatment exactly so well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the um, marionette uh, stuff is an option already, right? Someone sitting on the option. And certainly if we've seen anything in the last couple of years in Hollywood is no property is is worthless, right? Okay. I mean, they, they came they this close. Everything. Yeah, I mean, they came this... They made a, 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 a movie... They adapted Battleship, for fuck's sake. Yeah. The board game. The board, board game, <laughs> right? And they were, yeah. if if that mo- movie had done just like slightly better than it did, which it was a critical flop, but it made its money. Yeah. Because it was a weekend throwaway movie that everyone will go see in the summer. Um, if it had done just a little bit better, they were ready to follow up with like Pong, the movie. movie. Uh, Monopoly, the movie. Monopoly, uh, Space Invaders. <laughs> yeah. Like they were well, ready we, well, to we, pillage that had, entire well, catalog. We've had Space Invaders. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Missile Command. Like, they were ready to, like, pillage that whole catalog. And uh, now whoever's sitting on that is probably wondering what the fuck they were thinking. But you never know. Because no, one exactly. day there'll just be some weird fascination with something. True. And mm-hmm. uh, if 15 years ago if you would have said that superhero films were going to dominate the box office, that people would have laughed at that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, they had sir- to do a lot of work, I think, on Captain Scarlet in order to make it into something could, It could be. It could, it could be. definitely work, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was kind of a superhero too, right? He he was indestructible. Yeah, he was indestructible. He oh, you died, but he would he yeah. would he would re- reanimate. He was okay, so he was uh, immortal, or he, he was, was kind immortal. of immortal. Yes, it's yeah. and he had it's like a, the theme well, song. it's a bit it? like uh, yeah, it's a bit like the uh, yeah. a bit like the uh, the Cylons. Yeah. You'd kill off one Cylon, and as long as they were close to a node for the the consciousness to transfer, then one would come out of a birthing tank. So same thing for Captain Scar. Well, well, something similar. Really, he, he, he just regenerated. Well, something, like that? something. To, well, he always appeared in the next, uh, in, the, in the next, the next adventure. So I know they say that he's indestructible. He, exactly. So there like was something like that that he never really. That's a very died. interesting so idea, right? He'd there. always died at the end of each episode, but he always yeah. came back, regenerated at the next. That's one. like a warehouse of clones. <laughs> you know what? But that, <laughs> that's <laughs> your. Just, like turn on the next one. No, exactly. If I'm adapting this, that's your. That's my way in right there. That's novel. That's exactly. very novel. Uh, uh, an indestructible uh, hero yeah. is actually really interesting because who can die? Who, who, who he doesn't can die, die? But does he die? Right. And what are the what are the inherent problems with mm-hmm. that? Right. Yeah. Um, because we've gone through a whole bunch of fal- uh, you know um, heroes with flaws, anti heroes, people who didn't have all th- all it took. To make it, what about someone who is unimpeachable from that standpoint? Yeah, but that still somehow not perfect. The grass isn't greener on that. I think that's where I'd, I'd go. And what else did he do? He was he had a team. He had yes. A, yeah. He had yeah. A team. He, had, he had Captain Brown, Captain. There were multiple different colors. Captain okay. Green, Captain Brown, Captain. Something Please tell me, like Captain Brown was in a minority. Oh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. Okay. Coming back to your, <laughs> what was that clip you played me earlier? Oh, from Bill Burr. From Bill Burr. Yes. Yeah, they were all white. 
Yes, it they was were all the 60s. Okay. They were all white. That conversation wasn't going yet. Exactly. Okay. That that conversation wasn't going back so, then. So I would assume that uh, the only the only thing brown on this guy was his uniform. His hair, maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Could this the the World Police movie? Yes, Team America. Team America. Yeah. I think was very much. Uh, Inspired well, by, inspired by, by that, yeah. They use yeah, the exact same type of puppets, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder if that whole puppet thing may have come from the Japanese, because the Japanese, uh, there was something very Japanese about it. The the puppetry, the sci-fi style of it, it reminded me a lot of the Godzilla. Yeah, yes, I think Anderson may have been uh, influenced by yeah. the Godzilla and the style. teams, right? Yeah. The super team thing. Yeah. That's that's that j- that goes back to the fifties in Japan. Yes. The like, uh, you know, uh, you know, rainbow, rainbow team. And then like you had the, you know, blue, red, white. And then yeah. we've seen a uh, bazillion iterations mm-hmm. of this. Uh, you know, obviously Power Rangers being the most recognizable version. Of true, it. true. But this is, I keep forgetting the name for that genre. Because I think Goju, if I'm not mistaken, either Goju is the name of the monster genre. Okay. And there is another name, which I keep forgetting, which is, um, ju- it's a specific name for the genre for the shows All right. of like the t- Super Team 9, Super Team, Super team 12. <laughs> and uh, they're either based on animals, they're based on cards, you know, like Spade, Diamond. Right. And it's always, there's a handsome leader. There's some sort of weird second in command that's just as good looking, but a bit weird and possibly creepy. Yeah, uh, he has a temper problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the the comedy relief fat guy. Right. There's the squeaky voiced kid or girl, and then they unite and they either have robots or have some sort the of good looking blonde blonde girl. Yes, and like uh, probably a nerdy girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all those stereotypes, like, uh, like Scooby Doo style. Right, and then they all unite and have some sort of power. And like we've Voltron, seen Voltron, uh, Captain Planet, Battle of the Planets. Yeah. The the list goes on. So. If you were gonna do it, uh, I think this. Indi- okay, so he's indestructible. He had a team. What else? What did he do? There was oh. the Misterons. The Misterons. Right? I remember were, the yeah, voice yeah, from the, the Misterons. So there was some. E- I think they were extraterrestrial. That's it. That's it. You've made me spend money. I'm going to order the set. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to order the set tonight. <laughs> we'll adapt them together. All right. Yeah, yeah that's it. There would That'll be, be like occasionally this like disembodied voice, and it'd be like, "Hello, this." You're, these are the mi- we are the Misterons. Mm. You don't know anything about us. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but we will destroy you. That sounds very sixties. Um, yeah, and there like, was some kind of transmission like that. And you, I don't remember ever seeing the bad guys. No, I don't. I remember think seeing some agents of of the bad of guy. the Misterons, yeah. and it, it was like some. It was like the same puppet as as Captain Scarlet, mm. but he had like black around mm. his eyes, like like the. Mm-hmm. Evil Superman and the Christopher Reeves okay. yeah, style. Yeah. So they were like, uh, they were like invisible. Actually, he kind of looks like you, Richard. <laughs> if you put a beard on him, yeah, uh, this this could be you. <laughs> and and a, a plaid shirt. So <laughs> so uh, okay. So they were like invisible bad guys. Yeah. That were like that were plotting the the okay. demise of the world, and so exactly. y- y- every week you had a, you had some some evil plot that had to be thwarted, right? And the, the equipment they used too. I remember the uh, the various ships and stuff was very novel. The uh, yeah, yeah, these cool like spaceships. Yeah, the spaceships, even the ground the, the ground vehicles that they had, the mobile labs and stuff were just 
This is it was great. Really stuff. well, it was really well thought of. Hmm. So especially for for that era, when you think about it, right? Well, I, so. Clearly, you know, like the space race and all that mm-hmm. stuff uh, exploded the imaginations of the youth of that yeah, era, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where suddenly all those possibilities of traveling on the on the moon and yeah. in space, mm-hmm. underwater, no no frontiers, no exactly nothing. And then of course, probably a lot of the vehicles that people thought up of were based on military vehicles that were already existing or construction trucks. Uh, thereof, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird. Uh, I know that. I remember when I was a kid, um, concept cars were a huge thing, like in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Especially in the 80s, concept cars were a big deal. Uh, sure. Now I don't know how much. I think uh, uh, luxury there, there, I think there are some. Every once in a while, they'll yeah. put one out. But they were whole almanacs of yeah. just like futuristic cars. I think, I think what they did was they had a concept car and they put all the bells and whistles into the car. And then they present it and uh, see what floated. Oh, that 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 gadget uh, gets a lot of attention. That gadget, right. not so much. Okay, so we won't invest in that one. Let's invest in this one. But the the car was in itself really cool. Right. But it was a one of. So right. I uh, you, uh, you'd see some of the concept cars and say, "Build it, build it, please, please build, it. build this fucking and, car." No, no, yeah, no, yeah, we're just taking bits of it and putting it in oh, another I car. I hated that. I'm there like, okay, well, uh, I don't want to see these all fancy gizmos and grandpa's Cadillac. Come right. on. Well, I think it also concept cars are also about testing out to see where the style is going yeah right where i would, I would have to agree. i mean the 90s were impossibly in 80s and 90s were impossibly like uh square and boxy yeah right and it's around the 90s that we started smoothing the edges of vehicles and maybe doing more aerodynamics yeah. well the, with the cost of gas going up uh we were starting to be forced something to had to a, give fuel yeah, efficiency fuel efficiency and so new on. technologies and all that but exactly. i remember when i used to get kicked out of class which was not often but it happened we we could go to the library mm-hmm. which was a huge mistake on the on the staffs or the school's part because the school had a computer there which ran sim city <laughs> so you could just get kicked out of class and go play sim city for an hour uh, but I would just pull all of the car almanacs and look at the spacey concept sure. vehicles. So if I had grown up during the 60s, I would have been all over Captain Scarlet and all these other oh, shows. Oh, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it, it just opens your mind, right? Yeah. So I guess, if anything, if you wanted to adapt it today, you'd have to maybe recapture that sort of team mission. Yeah. I get the politics have also really changed, right? Yes. So I think that would be. But a lot of the politics. Well, you take. Well, you t- let's take Jerry Anderson's uh, iterations further. You take Space 1999. Right. Moonbase Alpha was a united a, a form of United Nations style command structure. Right. And we look at the International Space Station. It is the International Space Station. Right. It's not just dominated by Russians and Americans. There's all sorts of people there. Isn't that interesting? So you see, there is. We have that progression. Yeah. So there, there's another one that could be good for a reboot is uh, Space 1999. Just, you know, it's, uh, th- that has potential. Well, just to take us away from the over overloading of superheroes, <laughs> please. Well, we're, we're certainly in for, for a couple of more years of superheroes. I know. And it's funny that you should mention that because I just cracked open uh, Daredevil Season 2 and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh i mean i'm in i'm in deep <laughs> you're in deep <laughs> i mean that's the right kind of superhero stuff for me yeah um uh, the movies are fine and great although i i don't know about you richard but my enthusiasm has kind of been slowly starting to degrade when for the big tentpole <laughs> movies yeah for sure 
Like, I still want to see them. The novelty is not there anymore. I haven't, like, I didn't go see uh, the second Avengers in the theater. I didn't mm-hmm. go see any of the the second phase movies. Yeah. I think I almost all of them I watched at, at home. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm, I'm not that. I'm not as into it. I'll I'll still watch them, but I'll watch them in my time. I'm not. I'm not waiting for them to come out. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to see them in IMAX. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's no. like the first the first two Iron Men. Yeah, were fun. It was novel. It was fresh. Now every movie there's Iron Man. Okay, and seventeen armors. And yeah, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. okay, where's the where's what's where's the hook to drag me into this story? Right. I don't see it. You know, it's just overkill. Yeah, it and was overly like, saturated with with yeah. heroes too. Yeah, well, no, the big problem is that it's 20, 20 superheroes versus twenty super evils. Yeah, yeah wait okay. till the Infinity War angle starts hitting the theaters. <laughs> oh, they promised something worried. like sixty five superheroes in the uh, Infinity movie? War Part One. Really, or something like it. But the the big problem with these films, I think, is that as they make the big ones, the mother load, the mothership mm-hmm. ones, they do the individual superhero movies to sort of, you know, um, keep you in the mix. Okay, flesh things out. Yeah, to just get you by while the big tentpole one, because that takes a couple of years to bang out. Right. So they'll give you another Captain America, and then after the next Avengers, they'll give you another Thor and so forth, right? They're like bridge Mm -hmm. movies. Right, okay. Now, the problem I think that it creates from uh, degrading uh, excitement is that when you focus on one superhero, you deal with his trials and tribulations. Right. And they may in themselves become interesting and may create tension. It's like, oh, man, is he going to make it? Right. He's going to find his best friend. He's going to overcome. Is Iron Man going to overcome the fact that his armor is killing him? Which right. was e- easily the most interesting angle they did in the movies was when uh, um, Iron Man's armor was kind of poisoning him. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he was ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're forced to resolve that by the time you come around to the big tentpole film again. Right. Because you can't be still dealing with you Iron can't Man's drag problems. It, you can't drag it for on and on and on. You don't on have the time. Because, no, exactly. In the, in the Avengers movie, they have to have a new threat that they all face. Right. And the most personality they'll be able to have is a, these quick, clever you know, exchanges mm-hmm. between each other and maybe a couple of squabbles that put right. into doubt their teamwork. But at the end, they're going to have to confront this new problem that was presented just for that film. Right. So mm-hmm. it degrades the next movie that comes along yeah. for Iron Man because you're like, okay, well, he's overcome his technology problems. Yeah. Yeah, what else are you going to throw at him? Exactly. You know, uh, why should I just care about Iron Man now? I, now it just feels like an Avengers without all the other guys. Mm-hmm. Why am I watching Captain America? That's just Although it. luckily Captain America, it seems that with under the... The the handling of the directors, I forget their names. They're a brother team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've actually found like a new flavor, like a more gritty urban flavor for okay. Captain America, mm-hmm. which makes it not just like a superhero film. It feels like an action movie. Okay, it's closer to Bond, I'd say. I was really impressed with uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I think and the, the angle that they took is great. Yeah, that's the same guys doing the next one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well they're due because the, now I think they've been forced to sandwich a bunch of superheroes in there as well. Okay. It's barely a Captain America movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So just to take a break. <laughs> sorry. No, no, just to I take s- a break from that, you'd like to see some other I'd material. just like to see some other novelty. It's like, okay, we have the Star Wars the Star Wars genre, which is nice if they can refresh it. and It'll never die. Uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, they'll just 
but again, that I can see that too. That it'll become overkill. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and With it's spin-offs like, films. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like oh, give me a break. Everything you turn on the cartoons, and there's some sort of Star Wars cartoon. It's like oh just yeah, gag, me, gag me with a blowtorch lego I mean, versions like, there's now lego, lego versions, versions of everything we're gonna be tired of star wars darth long. darth lego here yeah give darth me a break <laughs> well my kids love the hell out of it but i mean yeah it's oversaturation that's for sure so it's it just they're they're flogging the crap out of it and that's what i find is disappointing is measure it out but measure it out don't don't it's it's don't well it's it. a cash grab for them yeah. they've they've spent for sure millions of dollars to get the rights and they want their pound of uh, flesh out of it or their pound of cash out of it. Well, we also remember that the people, the handlers of these projects are clearly trying to make as much money as they can now because, th- you know, they want to make money while they're alive. Well, not only that too, is that their, <laughs> not bonuses, thinking their bonuses depend on how much gross they get. Their quarterlies. Yeah, like exactly. That. So, uh, their, 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 their pocketbook is, uh, is dependent on that. So, They'll yeah. flog the crap out of it, and the hell with uh, what you think you or I want to see. So they're Is responsible to the shareholders and to maximize exactly. profits in the True. short term. True. Is there anything from like your your childhood or your youth that you'd like to see adapted that hasn't been? Or mm, nothing really comes to mind. Like when when Mark was you know into the. Um, Captain Scarlet and those things as a kid like was there anything you were into particularly apart from the obvious like Star Wars um, for me it was like Transformers and stuff like that they've already destroyed that so oh, again I'm and again de- dead inside G.I. <laughs> Joe uh, same uh, I did some like some of the other ones like Volt like uh, in the same genre like Voltron the Japanese stuff. imports yeah 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 Voltron Astro Boy Tra- uh, Transor Z Transor Z Silverhawks which so if I could adapt anything, I'd love to adapt some of those cartoons. That that those um, they were basically the C and D team cartoons of mm-hmm. the under Transformers and yeah. GI Joe, um, like Silverhawks, Thundercats. Thundercats, I'm not so interested in. Thundercats was always weird to me. Thundercats is weird when you go back to it. It has it, aged really bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it was weird. Horrible. But it was even weird when I was a kid. I remember it I was. thought Lionel looked cool, but the whole setup for me was very bizarre. Yeah. What were your thoughts on gargoyles? Uh, oh, loved gargoyles. Epic, gargoyles. Yeah. epic. Uh, there is something that's probably going to get butchered one day. Yeah, yeah, probably. And they should not fuck with because gargoyles was was a, was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect the way it was and it is. And uh, <laughs> I just I know someone's going to mess with it eventually. Oh, for sure. Um, My angel of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they'll get like uh, it'll be <laughs> shitty CG. I can already see like the swarm of. Of like uh, gargoyles, you know, at the end when you think they're dead, but then the secret army of gargoyles flies out from the sky. I can already see the <laughs> shitty CG, you know, trailer for it. Ugh, I hope that never happens. I'd love to um, adapt some cartoons though from from my kid from from the time I was a kid um, that were lesser known. Okay, you know, something, I think there's some real potential. Maybe too, I'd like I'd like to see is the uh, the monster movies. Uh, I loved Van Helsing. I thought Van Helsing yeah, was, you like was fun. I enjoyed Van Helsing because it, it brought... It was tongue-in-cheek, I think. It was tongue-in-cheek. It brought it back Dracula. It brought back uh, the Frankenstein monster uh, and, and all that good stuff. And, and a good... And even... I liked the twist on Van Helsing as opposed to your crusty old doctor with right. his uh, Sherlock Holmes deerstalker cap and pipe and <laughs> so on. So And his bag of... Uh, 
spikes bag of spikes bag of yeah of, uh, uh, what do you call those steaks steaks yeah steaks. there you go well you mean that yeah. cinema has become like the theater right yeah it's uh, and what does the theater do it, it runs the same the popular plays mm-hmm. you know if there's a demand it'll run it through the the stage again yeah. it'll it'll mm-hmm. do another presentation of it every once in a while they'll do uh a weird time shift version of Hamlet yeah. or they'll mm-hmm. do, um, you know, uh, s- waiting for Godot in space or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone's done that, but I, I don't think so. But that sounds yeah. kind of like a shoe in <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. It just like the, the, the classic monster movies, you know, yeah. it's, it just bring the, bring some of them back and refresh again, a, a refresh of the stories Yeah. or even some of the classic stories just, uh, but I guess because the theater lives in such a w- live environment, uh, it doesn't hurt it as much, right? It's not constantly recorded yeah. and, and mm-hmm. captured. You have to be there for that rendition of it. Yeah. Whereas with films, what you end up with is 17 rows of remakes of the same material. And yeah. and you're first exhausted. Second, they may or may not have gotten any any of it right. And third, you're just like, you're oversaturated with it. And you're like, okay, well, fuck this. <laughs> it's not that great exactly. anymore, right? Now, is there any remakes that you find superior to the originals? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, remakes superior to the originals. Well, Battlestar is obviously a good example. Yeah, okay, I would agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what? Can you think of any? Cause no, I haven't. And I, why I'm asking you that is that that came up in a previous conversation I had with a friend of mine this week, and we we're discussing like the fog. Okay. You take the original, and then you take the remake, and the remake has its own little twists in it, but it it's doesn't flat. have the same oomph I found that the original fog had. Just uh, the one with the crazy ending. Which? Oh no, that was the mist. I think. The mist. No, no, the mist. Yeah, yeah that's warped. Okay. Ooh, that that. Oof. Ooh, that that. Uh, oh, I was depressed for a week after Jesus. watching the mist. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Okay. Uh, Stephen um, King uh, definitely succeeded in that with that story. I yeah, mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know if I uh, saw the remake of the fog. His the remake movies, of the fog. See, speaking of Stephen King, there's yeah. a guy whose movies, whose stories can't seem to people don't can't seem to adapt properly. No. With like very few exceptions. Like misery, basically. I'm, I'm wondering if it wouldn't be a question of trying to get King to write the screenplay. Yeah. The reason I reason why I'm saying that is you take someone like uh, James Clavell, who wrote the Shogun, uh, Noble House, Taipan, and all those books, and you take like Shogun and Noble House. He wrote the screenplays because he wrote screenplays. Like he wrote the one for the Great Escape and so on. So he had already he was already a writer and a screenplay writer, and he adapted his books to to the movies to, to the screen. So I'm wondering if I think King, he to get the essence of King, King shouldn't. King. Yeah, be unfortunately, th- I think he hates he hates adaptations. Like he's already pretty resistant to it, and he's okay. been burned more than a few times. He's also right. a purist. In that's terms true. Of, uh, true. He's a purist, so I, I don't think that's something he's really interested in doing at this particular point in his career. Right. Was the room uh, Stephen King? The room? Don't know. No. Don't know. Not the room, but the room. The room. Right. Not the Tommy Wiseau. No, not that one. <laughs> room. I think it was called the room. 
I enjoyed that one. It was yeah. made for it was like a TV miniseries, and it was this okay. it was this weird uh, kind of supernatural room that lived outside of, of reality. I've never seen and it, and I haven't read the book, so I really I wouldn't be able to comment on it. It, it lives was, it was outside cool. reality. Yeah, it's like a hotel room that okay. lives outside of in this uh, like, pocket a, dimension, like a, like a dimension of some sort. They don't know why, and then something happened in this room that kind of extracted it from from reality and there's all these like uh items within the room and each item like sort of has these uh powers to them Mm -hmm. and the main one being the key the key to the room which will turn any door into a portal to the to that room room. yeah didn't they try that with yeah it was with uh what's his name it was from one of the six feet under yeah yeah yeah, that guy yeah it basically died on arrival right they never well they did the miniseries and then it was kind of over, uh, but they, I mean, it could have continued, but they just okay. never did. But they got the main gist of it out, no? Did they resolve the plot lines? Uh, I think so, but they left it open. Okay. Because I feel like it got killed. What ends up happening is that like, the room resets every time, right? So there's this whole kind of cult around the items, and everyone's kind of fighting over these items that have kind of... Uh, different powers. Different powers That's to them. That's really cool. And um, what happens is that, that guy from Six Feet Under... Uh, he gets the key, and he doesn't doesn't know what, what's going on, and his daughter gets uh, hold of it. So she ends up going into the room, uh, and then the door closes behind her, which means that the, everything resets. So she just disappears. Right. So then he needs to try to get his daughter back. So he needs to kind of dig into the cult of these, uh, the mysticism around these items, in order to try to get his like figure out what the what what's up with this room in order to try to get the See, that's back. immediately compelling. It was great. It was super good. Is it on compelling. Netflix? Uh, I don't know. No. But it's I, easy I to find. I uh, we yeah. still, yeah, Richard probably still has it on I the computer somewhere. I might still have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, uh, that piques my interest. Yeah. See, it's cool. novel. It's got yeah. freshness, something different to it's it. It's all too. about the way you pitch yeah. it. I really, yeah. I do really believe that. I mean, without naming the actual cartoon that I'm thinking of that I'd love to adapt, uh, the if I pitch the... If I show you the cartoon, you'll be like, ah, this doesn't really look that right. cool. But the premise is so much okay. more interesting, right? Um, <coughs> very quickly, it's the future. Right. We've got, like, the flying cars, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the technology. It's maybe a, maybe like a 50, 100 years from now. Okay. And we're all heavily technology de- technology dependent, although I think it's set on another planet that's like Earth. Okay. And it has two moons or two suns or something. But the point is that it's the same as here. Mm-hmm. And in one sweet day, everything stops functioning with no explanation. All technology fails, fails. And they cannot they cannot explain it. There's no cause for it, but they just it doesn't work. And for reasons unknown, the entire civiliza- civilization gets thrown back into medieval medieval uh, times. times. And uh uh, picking through the like junk and stuff these there's these people who essentially make themselves into new n- types of knights like they re- bring back like chivalry and right. knights okay. but there are these guys standing in armor but the armor is made from like um, it, they look futuristic but they're, it, they're it's like cobbled together armors okay. made from these like uh, uh, advanced alloys and stuff right. but they're just armor mm-hmm. and they're still like they have axes and they have weapons, but they're kind of just pieces of junk that they've cobbled Fashioned together. into, right. So it's an axe, but it's got a weird, like, trumpet handle. And it's a very interesting look to it. That sounds and intriguing, though. So 
what happens is there's two factions immediately, mm-hmm. a good side and a bad side, or a selfish side right. and a side that will, is willing to protect people. Right. And this weird guy shows up who claims to be a magician to, c- to control magic. And everyone laughs it off until he starts to demonstrate it and they realize he basically says the age of magic has returned. And they're all like, okay. Right. And they're like, okay, so what's the deal? He's like, well, if you want some, you have to journey to the top of my mountain. And if you make it there, I will reward each each person that makes it. And he disappears. <laughs> and so both teams have this meeting, and the good guys are like, well, we all agree that this is crazy, right? Yeah. But we can't pass up the chance that there might be something something to this. Yeah, right. So what the hell? It'll be a great adventure. And like these group of men and women decide to quest for it on the other side the bad guys are like are they going yeah one of their spies comes back he's like yeah they're going oh my god they're stupider than i thought the boss is like wait we can't afford we can't afford to let them get an edge over us (laughs) we're going you 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 with me and a group of them goes up okay and uh when it's all over and this is just a setup now right right Mm -hmm. when it's all over they end up basically um they find out that this magician is basically uh, a, a bastard, uh, a double-talking, uh, sneaky son of a bitch who never t- talks to them straight. He keeps fucking them over in exchange for magic. First of all, he saddles all of them with totems, uh, animal totems, right. which they're supposed to be able to activate and turn into these like spectral versions of the, these animals, uh, but they can't control them. And he gives them all this like uh, flimsy talk, You're like, "Well, when you will need them the most, you will you will be able to use." It. And they're like, "What the hell does <laughs> that, that mean?" Last words. He's like, uh, "You will know in time." And he's, they're like, "Okay." Then, for some reason, he gives a bunch of them on good side and the bad side uh, additional powers. They have these staves, and they, he charges them with these 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 uh, mythical, like powers of destruction, wisdom, decay, all of these these superpowers. And they're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. They find out that they only have one use. They can only use them once. And if they want to use them again, they have to come back and charge them in his pool of magic. And he shakes them down <laughs> every time they come back to Like, he's a total dickhead, right? Modern-day politician. Totally. <laughs> it's like a really weird twist on the chivalric age, right? right? As if Merlin, if Merlin had been a complete bastard, right? Okay, right. All right. I see that. And then there's a bunch of them that don't have staves, and they're like, oh, what about us? And they're like, he, he goes, you'll find out in time that you have other abilities. <laughs> they're like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and then it turns out that they can uh, they can reactivate ve- vehicles, certain vehicles, which are, they're the only ones that can do it. And and they're basically the swaggers in the group, but every now they all suddenly have newfound respect right. on both sides. Because they can do something no one on earth can. Anyway, so like as I'm pitching it to you right now, it sounds super fascinating, right? Right, yeah. As a cartoon, past the first episode, uh, they really like the last 14 episodes are really garbage. Yeah. Uh, and inconsistent in the way 80s cartoons are. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Badly animated, yeah. mm-hmm. weird music. But like that's something I would adapt. Sure. Immediately. It's a, the premise sounds like it's got a lot of potential and it's novel. It's a bit fresh, it's right? Novel, yeah. It's a bit, it's, and it's all familiar elements. Exactly. But arranged, it's like a flower arrangement. It's, you quite, haven't quite seen yeah. this before. Mm-hmm. And it's what they're doing with cuisine. So 
<laughs> I feel like we should stop searching for like reinventing the wheel at this point because it's uh, you're just killing yourself. Exactly. Well, it's like the the trend now with the Vikings and all that good stuff. Oh, so yeah. at least watching that is entertaining. It's novel. I mean, it's something new. They're not fray. They're not straying too far from history. Yeah. And they're making it entertaining, and the characters are entertaining and, and beautiful. <laughs> and, and beautiful, yes. But they get dirty. Yes. I but mean, they look just they just look on, hotter. How many have we seen where the 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 makeup isn't even smudged? Yeah. At least there, yeah, it looks like they've been in in a fight. Well, so. it makes it makes the old period piece stuff immediately laughable, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where they where it's now that they've gotten the grime and all that stuff really realistic. Yeah. It immediately if you watch an older movie, they mm-hmm. just remade Ben Hur. Ben Hur, by the way. What? Yes. You're kidding. Yes, Ben Hur is being remade. Speaking of remakes, and uh, my feeling is it will okay. be inferior in every way to the original, but it'll probably be politically correct and oh, updated yeah, for the exactly. times. Exactly. Oh yeah, mm. it'll be PC. Right? Yeah, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do with that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Mark. Jason. We're really glad that you're back on your feet. Literally. Yes. Oh my. Thank you. Um, this. I think this was a really cool idea, Richard. Yeah, this is great. Well, I was really happy to have you guys here. It was a uh, great time with uh, with you guys. Always fun. Yeah. Glad to help you fight off the cabin fever. Oh, yes. That was, <laughs> yeah. My sanity really needed it. Great. Especially considering I'm reintegrating into the world of the working force, so I can't be Grunthos the Barbarian here and tell people <laughs> on, on the phone, What? You want an extension? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so we've given you, we've given you, we've reconnected you with society. Yes, you've reconnected <laughs> me with society. It was our pleasure. It was absolutely <laughs> our pleasure. Thanks. And uh, uh, I look forward to you walking to your next uh, visit to our show. So do I. <laughs> so do I. Wicked. So. Uh, fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, rate, subscribe, uh, leave us some comments on soundcloud yep we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on itunes um spread the word if you like what we're doing um let us know if you have thoughts about the show and uh, you know send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute fire in the whole podcast at gmail.com there you go so fire fire in the whole podcast on itunes on stitcher on soundcloud check it out and thank you for listening thanks very much guys turn your buckets over turn your lanterns low there's fire in her hearts and fire in her soul but there ain't gonna be no fire in the hole